getting to your dream, turning your vision to reality, the most key words, which is playing never give up. And I never gave up when I was seven years old. Still, I'm 29, getting 30. So I'm not going to give up for the rest of the young generation women's back in, a, in Afghanistan and globally in different parts of the world. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Richard. We are here in Atlanta, Georgia at the Athlete's Voice event. This is a series of podcasts. This is going to be Causer Amini today as our special guest. Really fascinating story. Usually when I read somebody's bios, I go through all of the crazy things they've experienced. I will tell you, this is a powerful and remarkable woman who's funded the Women Leadership and Women's Soccer Club at the American University of Afghanistan and is working to change the world through soccer. I can't wait for you to hear her story. Causer, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, uh, inviting me to your amazing podcast and helping me to amplify my voices. My voice. Um, I am Kauser Amini, uh, correct, um, national soccer player from Afghanistan, women national soccer team. I am founder and CEO of uh, Women's Solidarity for Peace and Leadership, nonprofit and Amini Soccer Academy based in San Francisco, California. I am here today in Atlanta attending Athlete Voices event. I'm um, a fellow and love to be here uh, among these all athletes and um, foundations, a lot of opportunity to explore, find myself more helpful for the communities. I'm so excited to hear about all of the things you're doing in the world, but I want to go back and I want to hear your story because I know it's powerful. I know it because I I got to hear it uh, before this, but I'm excited for you to share your journey with, with my audience. So Take us back and tell us what put you on the path you're on today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, I, I just want to uh, say a very inspiring word at the very beginning. I dreamed and I hoped for something impossible in a country like Afghanistan, and I made it, likely. So I I, I played soccer in a very early age, seven years old. Then I elected to play soccer on a national level when I was nine and a half. And it was very early for me in a very young age to play and take a huge responsibility playing a national level. But And somehow I was not very ready on that moment to take that much responsibility plus risk to my life. And also, uh, and somehow I felt like this is the opportunity I need to get it, right? And I don't want to miss. And I change somehow, transfer my life from being a girl always dreaming for something to the reality. Through soccer power, I was able to change my life. I impact myself. 
I find myself a really helpful person, someone to always dream for change, change maker, um, young woman from Afghanistan, uh, trying to drive change in the world through women's power, through, uh, through sport. And what does drive me to here today this, in this position now I'm uh, having my own uh, nonprofit, which is really important for me because a couple of years before, um, um, so on 2030, I was studying political science in American University of Afghanistan. When I graduated from school, I um, uh, started studying political science at American University of Afghanistan. I uh, was getting involved with uh, uh, being a very active student in the campus because there was a lot of opportunity at that university. And I built it Women Leadership Club. And a part-time inside, I built it, uh, founded uh, Women Soccer Club and trying to give this message to the community through American University of Afghanistan that girls could get more engaged to the sports, to the soccer, and trying to change the culture, the people's mentality that uh, girls could not play soccer. And that was the starting point for me that I could uh, do something in the community. But later on, when the attack happened in American University of Afghanistan, a lot of our fellows and um, professor has been killed and um, you got a tread leather that they're targeting us outside of the campus through Taliban. And I was not feeling safe at the moment because I was a young mom. I had one year old daughter and I was trying to be alive and stay safe for my family. I had too many responsibilities in the moment and I was stopped going to AUF campus and I just transferred my credit back to India, to ISBM, International School of Business and Management in New Delhi. And I got my bachelor likely from um, general management and I have my specialization in international relation. And I was studying my sport philanthropy with George Washington University. And that was a educational transformation for me, transferring me from a athlete to being educated woman because I found with myself being an being an athlete uh, just by being athlete it it's not gonna help me more let's educated myself to to learn more explore more at least because I was in the middle of way to completing my education that the tragedy had to attack happened in a, in a UF and I was trying to find find myself to how could I act how could I accomplish this this degree and uh, have my degree continue my education? Because for me, soccer education is the most important thing. In fact, and uh, being educated women, I know it's it's all um, it's it's every single women's and girls' dream to be educated. But, uh, but also, soccer is a passion. As sports is a passion, so we might not see uh, soccer passion in every woman's or girl's uh, 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 thoughts, mind, but it's just depends on every person, single person's passion and hope. But it's really drive my life. It's really impact my life, and that's why today I'm trying to change um, uh, world mentality against women uh, that women can't can be a soccer player, women can be educated. And that's how Afghanistan today is facing a lot of barriers for the, even the young girls has been banned going to school. And which is a very part of concern for me right now. It's my high top, top priority. You want to advocate for the young girls in Afghanistan to get them back to school. And then we could figure out how should we uh, get them back 
involved in the sport in soccer because in past 20 years when the youth government involved in Afghanistan, it has been a lot of things, a lot of achievement, progress happened in the different sectors with the women, education, politics, leadership, sport. And with the Taliban take over control of Afghanistan back, uh, everything's just smashed up. And uh, I feel I feel deeply so bad about the situation that women are like facing right now in Afghanistan with the poverty, uh, lack of uh, sources, uh, access and healthcare, mentally, mentally, mental pressure and a lot of bonds. But hopefully I could uh, help some of those voices and um, life through this international women's solidarity campaign I launched. I recently launched uh, this international women's solidarity campaign on I when I got the idea on International Solidarity Day on October 10th, um, I was about about thinking to do something in a bigger image and level because recently, you know, the tragedy happened with a young lady from Iran, Mahsamini. She has been killed because of not wearing proper hijab to the police of Iran. And I was thinking, like, why these everything is happening in this world with the women? And what would be what could, would be the best solution for? And I just figured out with myself, we need to get them all together in a platform to raise their voice, telling their stories, to knock the, the, to knock the responsible authorities' doors or women of power to take their attention to help these women and to find a, a solution for their issues. Because this is not only one or two or three countries women are like, suffering and just as discrimination and equality and a lot of stuff. But let's get together to find solution for these all challenges, specifically related to the women's. There may be people listening to this that aren't fully aware of, you mentioned the Taliban a few times, what it was like in that region. So talk to us about some of the dangers that a young woman would would have been facing uh, when you were young, and and what were the some of the specific dangers and risks to your your very life that that uh, that you alluded to? So I'd love for you to share some of that. Sure. Um, um, before 1997, before that, um, uh, I'm just mentioning this part in my book, which is publishing in January. Um, as a part of my life story, before 1997, uh, before the Russia's involvement in Afghanistan, Afghanistan was like the most um, most uh, 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 democratic country, and they believed in women's rights, and everything was like fine. And even when I'm watching my uh, looking to my mom's picture, everything was totally different, not comparable to the current situation, to the current Afghanistan. And when the Russian involved and the Taliban came, regime changed, war began in a country. Then later on, after 11 September tragedy, used government involved in Afghanistan. Everything's just changed. But the most, uh, uh, the most part of the community always has been hurt through this all, uh, through the war or uh, the, the everything's around is only women's in Afghanistan. And it has been after the war began, that the first time when the Taliban regime came. So since that time, women's lost their access to their fundamental rights. And then the youth involvement and everything's get back settled to the normal about, but 
now it's the second time that they're taking the power and they're still relaying to their their uh, to their mentality still believe on their previous mentality said they're not believe that world is world is changed and how because they personally not believe in women's power and at the moment last year when they took over uh, of Kabul the capital i started a campaign it's called uh, stand for girls education in afghanistan because i knew that Taliban is against girls' freedom and the most important fact, education. I just started that campaign. Through that campaign, I got very viral and, and I had a lot of media attention, like from local international news channels. They're trying to interview me, joining a lot of panels, podcasts, and sharing my statement um, as an athlete, as a woman rights activist, educated woman from Afghanistan. I was trying to just spread my words out. Uh, to world to listen to pay attention uh, to the women's uh, right because this is under risk right now but this has been always challenging for me and risky thing for me to walk into the soccer ground or to go uh, to go to attend school even much risky when i decided to stay study political science in a first us private school or college to afghanistan And you mentioned while you were at the American University this tragedy. So give us the time frame, the context. Uh, the Taliban came in. Tell us about that. What that was like being a student during that. Yeah. Um, so luckily, on that day, um, I was home because I was at home because I never had a class on that day. And my 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 home is so close to the AUF campus. It's in the same city, so close, like five minute drive. And I heard like a shooting sound, and all the police is going and fire attacked. A lot of stuff. The police are like blocking the streets in the city. Everything is happening and normal. I just get into the news. Uh, And I just saw like, wow, my friends were like texting, saying like, hey, Kausa, where are you? I'm saying, I'm at home, what's, what's wrong? They said like, are you in a campus? I'm saying like, no, I'm not campus. They said like, hey, do you know Taliban attacked? And I'm saying like, what? I just started to get into the news and trying to see and trying to find my friends. Nobody was responding on the moment because Taliban just attacked the campus. They just um, trying to go to the main uh, building, which is uh, the office of the president, assistant secretary, board of treasurer, all our people. And they're trying to kill some of the kid, some of the student, and trying to make a um, a very tragedy moment among the people, the students in the campus, and a lot of students trying to escape and hide into the restroom, kitchen, cafeteria, anywhere. But they're trying to do a lot of gunshot around to scare people to to not leave the campus, and they just shut off the the campus door and they just stay there for a while until the Afghanistan government, the um, uh, police just involved and some of the abuse uh, military trying to handle the situation. The war just like, like the, the fire guns and all their stuff just continue for about more than 10, 10 hours. And it just took whole night close to the morning at the midnight AM. So, the police successfully trying to handle the situation and just kept some of those Taliban and just 
clear the campus out and send everybody out home. But I'm very disappointed because we, I personally lost some of my good friends on that tragedy attack. And one of our youngest professor, young professor, uh, well-educated professor um, Najibullah, he just killed, he studied political science in America and uh, he left in America. He just came to Afghanistan with a different mentality to help their, his community, but he just killed in a very early age, like 37 years old. And some of my friends, very young, very young, studying business, IT, some of them political science, and I still missing and feeling very bad for them when I'm remembering. And that's why AUF brand is very important for me. And I have too many stories out from there. And I have good story versus versus very, very disappointing and heartbreaking. So... Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. And there's no way to understate you know, how, how tragic that was. Uh, talk to us now today, 2022. Um, how are things in Afghanistan? Have they improved any? Are they worse? You know, for somebody who is from there knows has family and people there. What is the state of Afghanistan like today? In case our listeners don't know, this is very complicated right now because the world is not ready to recognize Taliban, and Taliban is staying on their own word, saying like we don't believe in women's rights. And every every issue in Afghanistan currently related to them women's and the business side because a lot of bigger organization has been left the country because of um, lack of security and a lot of staff. And the big challenges still exist because people are like number one fighting with the poverty. There's no job. And women are like facing a lot of challenge, personally, mentally, and generally. And also with the education system has been breakdown, financial system has been breakdown. A lot of people has been lost their jobs. And the most important thing in a community like in Afghanistan, um, all men are like not source of income on their families. Like a lot of people's um, a high population uh, might have a women's source of income on their families. Once the Taliban regime came, they just stopped women to go work outside in a same environment with the men's. And now they're there's no source for them to support their family, to feed their families. And they protest. They came to the street to fight against this mentality, but still world is not, world is not listening. And I feel like it's world, world is still deaf and blind, not seeing women's pains, pains, not the hearing women's voices. And through this international women's solidarity campaign, as I mentioned earlier, I just want to give them an equal sound voice to the world to listen because it has been one year ago. 
since the Taliban uh, took over of uh, Afghanistan, and nothing has been changed, even it gets worse. With the Qatar government involvement, I just want to be really positive that they, they're trying to be involved to support women as an Islamic country. And because Qatar was like host for this all discussion in past nine years, peace discussion uh, through U.S. Taliban and some neighbor country, and they really believe to bring peace back on the, on Afghanistan to access women uh, to to help women to get access back to their fundamental rights, which is a very good thing. But there's no time limit or frame when when it could happen. This is ongoing advocacy effort going on in the ground. And uh, hopefully everything's changed with this World Cup, which is happening soon in less than 10 days. And uh, this World Cup is very important, have a very sensitive uh, messaging to the world. And, um, and and I hope it could be, a, this World Cup could take a position to change the, the environment, a lot of things to Afghanistan in Afghanistan too. Terrific. You've alluded to it a couple of times, but I really want to shine a light on the work that you're doing. So your organization, tell us exactly how it's using sports, soccer in particular, to help amplify the voice of, of these women in Afghanistan. Exactly, because um, it, it's all linked. It's all connect. And I know it's really important fact, but it doesn't matter if I'm... Um, advocating for all women in Afghanistan through my background, which is I'm a soccer player, but I'm a women's rights activist. It just take my attention to the women's, women's life. And I just want to repeat, education and sport is the most important fact for me for, for women's life. And freedom of, freedom of uh, speech is also another way that young generation just learned recently in Afghanistan, that's how they're coming. Young women are like coming to the streets and protest and fighting for their rights. Before, it wasn't the same. And now they know, they're well-educated, they know what's going on, they know how to fight for their rights, but still they need some support from international governments, communities, organizations to support their voices. Because by hearing their voices, supporting their voices, then I might be able to help and amplify and, 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 and support them directly. I'd love for you to tell us a story of how, when you, what happened to you when you were seven years old and you, you never gave up. Yeah, because um, I was, when I was seven years old, me and my sister, she's two years older than me, we played soccer at home. We was trying to scroll a cotton to make a circle like a ball and played with each other. One day my mom came and asked like, hey, you guys love play soccer? And I was saying like, yeah, but let's see, I'm not sure. My mom said like, okay, good, cool. When I was on second grade, my mom said like, okay, I will get you to school soccer team. I will gonna enroll you both to the school soccer team. She enrolled us and we played for five months. And one day our principal came to my mom and said like, hey, this both girl are, girls are like playing very well. I want to nominate them for the uh, uh, national national soccer team election, which is happening next year, same time. Would you agree to nominate these both both girls, your daughters? My mom said, like, sure, why, why not? But I, I just want to know if they're ready to. The coach said, like, you know, they have a pen, plenty of time. We will, we, I will coach them and get them ready. But I see they have a passion. When they have a passion, it means they, they will drag 
they will drag theirself to to the right uh, direction to 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 get to the national soccer team. So we went next year to the competition, and we just selected. And the very disappointing, heartbreaking thing for me here is because on the moment they just announced our name that we selected for Afghanistan Women National Soccer Team, I saw proud and passion, love, a lot of things in my mom's, the peoples around that they were on that tournament. But it was really hard for me. I was not able to express those all uh, the greatest uh, feeling inside my heart with everyone. It was like a silent kill. And that's how in a very early age, like eight, seven and a half, eight, nine, I get inspired. Uh, what does it mean to a woman, to a child when they're not able to express their words, their feeling? And that's how I get inspired through the, through the a lot of challenges around me uh, to be more tough and to believe on myself, to do whatever I believe in. Kaza, the, the work that you're doing is so important. I, I want to wrap up by asking you a question. I ask everybody who comes on the show, and, and that is, what is your biggest helping, the one most important piece of advice you would like to give somebody who's listening to our conversation today? Yeah, cool. It. It has been always, but it will with me, sticking with me always. Never give up. Nothing is impossible in this world. By by dreaming big, dreaming big is not a not, not a not not your fault. But getting to your dream, turning your vision to reality, the most key words which is playing. Never give up. And I never give up when I was seven years old. Still, I'm 29, getting 30, so I'm not gonna give up for the rest of the young generation women's back in, a, in Afghanistan and, and globally in different parts of the world. Kazer, thank you for sharing all about your journey, your story, the work that you're doing in the world today. Tell us where people can find out about your organization online and contribute to make a difference. Cool. It is um, uh, in my website, my website called uh, Women's, uh, my, my, web, my nonprofit called Women's Solidarity for Peace and, Peace and Leadership. Uh, they could type www.wspillglobal.org. And I'm in my social media, my, my LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. And they could directly reach out to me through my website. They could drop me an email, personal email, and learn more about my works. My website is still under development and construction, but I need to put some more project there that I'm working currently in Afghanistan and also in the U.S. But I appreciate all comments, ideas, voices from uh, peoples around the world. Please support this humanitarian uh, campaign, which I recently started, Join My Voice. I really need your support and help. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you for sharing. And for those of you who were not sitting in front of a device, we're going to have everything cause or meaning in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com so that you can learn more about the work that she's doing in the world and contribute. So, Causer, thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved having you here. Thank you so much. I had a very nice time just while I was chatting, trying to uh, but to talk about my experience and my background. Thank you so much for hosting me today in your uh, amazing podcast. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I want to thank each and every one of you as well who tuned into this episode. If you like what you heard, 
Go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 